0: Hey everybody, this is Clad2, episode 417. We're continuing our tour through all of the binary executables, all of the applications and commands that get installed by default on Slackware. Specifically Slackware 14.2. 15 is right around the corner, but we're gonna keep on going down the 14.2 path until we switch over seamlessly midstream to 15, whenever that actually happens. Uh, Whether or not you're running Linux, these applications and commands are probably available for your operating system, whether that's BSD, or some other Linux not Slackware, or even Mac or Windows, because these are open source. You, You can probably learn something from this episode if you're interested in running open source software. So, in this episode, we're continuing where we left off? We left off um, having finished up git text-tools, which was a tool set in the developer software series, the D software series of Slackware. set of tools for translating code, uh, the messages that code sends out to your to, to to the user, translating it from one language to another. Not automatically, of course, but to, to set up that infra- infrastructure. That was in the previous episode. In this episode, next in line is git. Now, git I have to admit, is a little bit funny for me to, um, cover, because I feel like I've covered it a heck of a lot in a lot of different media. I've done podcasts here about it on GNU World Order, I've done podcasts about it on Hacker Public Radio, I've written articles about it on my own site, I've written articles about it on other people's site, I've written, uh, sections in published books about it. I've reviewed books that had Git about it. It's just everything. Like everything I feel like every way you could possibly cover Git I've written in magazines. Every way I've I I can think that I could cover Git I I feel like I've done. So telling myself, okay, get ready to do another Git episode and to actually make it sort of contain new and useful information is a tall order. But I look at it as an interesting challenge, because Git still isn't easy. People are still struggling with Git every day, and, and that includes people who have used Git for, you know, years at a time. So, I do think that there's an opportunity to get people, maybe even you, dear listener, excited about Git as a system. And let me tell you why you should be excited about Git as a system. This is my classic example, which I think a lot of people can probably identify with. Let's say you're working on a thing. Let's call it thing. And you create a version of a thing, and you save it. And you think, well, now I'm done. I'm done with the thing. Then the next day you wake up, you look at the thing, and you, you think, well, oh, this isn't done yet. No, I can I can improve this. And so you make it better. And now you've got two versions of the thing, and you think, I think I've made it better. You know what, I'm not sure if I've made it better, so let, let, I'll save it as Thing 1. Okay, well now you got Thing and Thing 1. And then someone comes by and looks at Thing, and and, and has uh, they make a just a casual comment about how it could be a little bit different, and you think, oh my gosh, that's a really good idea, I hadn't thought about that. And so you change Thing 1 into Thing 2, and you're hesitant to save over Thing 1, because, I mean, Thing 1 was really good, and thing, well, it's a good fallback to have, but thing two is looking a lot better, maybe. You know what? Let's go back to thing and make another sort of, let's do a remix of thing. Before we started messing around with thing one or thing two, we'll just go back to thing and we'll we'll remix a little bit and, and add something else to it. And, and now we've got thing three, or we could call it like, I don't know, thing, thing underscore three to, to denote that it's not sequential with one and two, but it's, a, it's sort of based off of thing. So... So thing three, underscore three, and thing two are now sort of equal in recentness and kind of equal in consideration. We're not really sure which we prefer, but eventually we decide that thing two is is actually the one, and so we label it thing two dash final, because, I mean, this is it. This is the final version of it. And then we make another tweak the next day, and we, we call it thing two dash final dash final. So, I mean, obviously it's really, really final now, and then we go to uh, print thing 2, final, final, and we realize that the, I don't know, the resolution was off. Okay, well, we go in and fix that, so now we'll call it thing 2, final, final, resfix, final. So now we know that it's not only the final, but it's the version of the final that has been resolution fixed and so then we go to you know and it it keeps going on like that right and you and i know that this happens whether it's with school papers or with things that you're sending back and forth at work uh collaborating with a with a with a colleague or a community member if you work in open source and 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 you send them a rev one and then they send you a rev one because they didn't think to increment it so now you've got two rev ones and So you just mark this email, because this is the incoming rev one as opposed to the outgoing rev one It's fine. Once you get it to your local drive, you can rename it anyway, and so on. Right? So it's a mess, in other words. And we do this for all kinds of different things. And you can avoid that by using Git. Simple as that. Just use Git. And if a lot of people in in collaborative settings used Git, then that would be avoided, especially across... uh, across... um, team members and it's it's great it changes the way things are able to work together um or people are able to work together i guess really so if you're not using git consider starting to use git because it really does It it's a it can be a game changer if if for no other reason well there are so many reasons i mean there there's the versioning reason there's the there's the which computer are you working on today reason, if you're like me. I've got my desktop, I've got my laptop, I've got another laptop, I've got a server I have access to, I've got two other servers I have in right here in my office. I mean, it's just, you know, where where's the latest version? Well, guess what? Use git and push your changes to your remote git server, and now you've got the latest version always available in one place, which you can then pull to your local computer, whatever computer you happen to be on, game changer. So I'm excited about Git, and to, to help you get excited about Git, or to help you get other people in your life excited about Git, I want to share my knowledge of an application called Git-Cola. That's G-I-T dash It is not included with Slackware, so I'm deviating from the script a little bit, um, and that's okay, I think, because it is in Slack builds, and obviously the back end of this thing is a very very relevant tool, which is Git. So I, I don't want to f- make you feel cheated. Of course, I mean, th- I do have other episodes in Hacker Public Radio about Git. So if you if you want to hear me talk about Git, go check out Hacker Public Radio. Find all my episodes about Git. You'll learn all kinds of stuff about Git. Honest. For this episode though, I want to sh- I want to show you this really cool tool. If you haven't tried it, and now I'm I'm excited about Git Cola and have been. Like I say, I've written about this before. Um, I'm excited about this tool because it really is, it's one of the few really good Git GUIs out there. Uh, One of the few really good open source Git GUIs as well. You will find other GUIs for Git, but for whatever reason, because there is that, um... There is that trend in modern software, I guess, for it to be strangely acceptable for companies to do a lot of sort of closed source development on top of really popular open source tools. There are a bunch of Git GUIs out there that you'll you'll hear about and you'll see offered by major Git uh, hosting sites or just by apparently up-and-coming companies you'll think, oh, cool, it's a Git, it's a Git, graphical Git GUI, uh, Git, Git tool, that, that'll, that, that sounds cool, and it's probably open source, because it's based on Git, so why wouldn't it be? Well, nope, nope, it's not, it's, it, it isn't, and probably it doesn't work on Linux anyway. Git Cola is written in Python, uses PyQt, it works on all the platforms. So this is one of those things that you can learn and support on other systems, and it will act exactly the way that you need it to act. It's it's always the same. It uses Git on the back end, so everything is familiar if you know Git. And if not, that's okay. I'm about to teach you how to use this application. So it's called Git Cola. It is in Slack builds. It is... Um, a pretty simple little application when you launch it. It comes up with a pretty much blank screen. It's labeled itself COLA on the Git uh, icon. The Git logo. It says COLA, and then it says Select Repository, and then it says Select Manually, because you don't have any repositories here yet. Now, at the bottom of this window, you've got three buttons. You've got Open, Clone, and New. So you can open an existing repository, and Git COLA will be able to sort of, um, parse the, the git configuration within that, within that directory, in that, in that repository, uh, you could clone something from wh- anywhere, like, you, you find a, a git lab re- repository on the internet that you like, great, uh, clone it right into, right here, right into your, onto your computer, and load it into git cola, you'll be able to see everything that you'd expect to see there. Or you can create a new one, which, uh, as, you know, obviously would would create an empty repository on your hard drive. It does all the setup steps, all the one setup step that you need, get init dot and, or just, I think it's just get init now. I think they've done away with the dot. Um... And so it's it's super easy. Now I'm gonna just click Select Manual, which is just open. And I'll go to my, um... I guess I'll go to my code... Do I have an example? I, I almost always have, like, an example. I don't, though. I do not have an example. Oh, here's one called Sample. No, that's not... That's not a Git repository, I don't think. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm gonna... I'll, I'll grab uh, this this one, cbr to cbz This is a really simple little shell script that converts... CBR comic book files to CBZ comic book files, because the device that I have, I think, didn't read CBRs or something like that, I forget. It's a super simple little script, though, it was just, you know, me being lazy, and uh, that's okay. I'm allowed to do that. So, I opened it in Git Cola. And the interface changes. It gives me a sort of a, a, a three, well actually four, but let's just focus on three panes of, of different windows. And um, one is labeled status, one is commit, and one is branches. So in, in kind of, I guess, a weird, weird workflow, I guess, um, the panel on the far right are the branches, and that's kind of where you are in your project. For me, I see that there's a local directory, or, a, yeah, a local copy of this code, which I, I know that because I opened it. But there's one branch listed in there called master. And then there's another uh, copy called remote. And on remote, there's a, a, a an, an entity called origin, and on that origin is a branch called master. And then there are tags, or rather there are no tags, there are but there's a slot for tags. I don't have any tags configured for this, and that's okay too. So, don't confuse this for what you I guess might th- think it looks like, which is a file manager. Because it's not. It is not a file manager. It is this is your your Git control panel. You can see the files if you want. I mean, you could you could just go to, you know, your file manager like Dolphin or whatever and look at the files. In fact, I'll do that right now. I'll go to home cla2 slash code slash cbr2 cbzgit press return. It looks like there are only two files here. There are cbr2 cbz, that's the script, and then there's the readme.md, that's the readme file. But back in Git Cola you can do a view file browser and it shows you in a very basic kind of uh, enlightenment sort of minimal file browser it shows you the name of the file, readme, md, and cz. The status, uh, there's no status listed, so I guess there must be okay. No news is probably good news. Message, minor improvements, it's a descriptive uh, message. Author, CLAT2, age, one year and four months ago. So I haven't, haven't updated in a while, but then again, like I said, it's a pretty simple little script. doesn't really require a whole lot of updating. But there you go. There, there's, your, there's your files that you're actually dealing with. So all of this is stuff that you would, you know, if you've got a project, you could view that within Git Cola. But let's assume for a moment that you don't have a project yet. So I'm gonna open Git Cola back up, fresh fresh copy. And now it shows me the repository that I've visited once before, which is the cbr2cbz.git. It's offering to let me select manually again, or I can just click new, which um, I will create a new one. I'll go to my demo directory. And I'll call it goal, co- co- cola. Actually, Gola. I like that Gola. I'm never gonna remember that. What am I talking about? Col- cola dash example. There we go. Uh, and I guess I'll call it dot git. Okay. So now I've defined this directory as the as the the place. I've, I've gone into that directory in my file chooser. So I'll click choose. And now I go back to that one three panel view. Status, commit, branches. Now on my on my branches, I have nothing. I have no branches yet. This is a a brand new project with no files in it. So, at this point, there's not a whole heck of a lot to do with Git Cola. So, again, this isn't like an IDE. This is, this is just, this is your Git control panel. So, if there's nothing in your new project, uh, there's not a whole lot to be done in your new project. Which is fine, Um, but I'm gonna open up a dolphin window Go to my demo directory, go to my cola-example.git, it's an empty directory, as far as I can tell. Now if I do, if I right click in here, and show hidden files, how do you do that? I don't know how to do that in Dolphin, actually, I've never actually tried to do that in a GUI before, isn't that funny? Is it control? Show hidden files, there we go, yep. Alt dot, is what that is. Hidden files reveals that there is a .git directory in, in this directory, so it's not as empty as it looks. There's also a .directory file, which I should probably, well, that's fine. Okay, um, so what I'll do instead is I'll, I'll create a new text file, Now I'll call it, let's do a readme, I guess. That's always a good place to start, readme.md. And now I'll open that file up, and I'll type in hello world. How predictable is that? save it and close it, and now I'll go back to Git Cola. Git Cola, for whatever reason, is not showing me any updated files in this repository. That's okay, just go to File and Refresh and it'll show you, you know, it'll it'll rescan the directory. It doesn't scan the directory that it's looking at very often, so you'll probably be hitting Control R fairly regularly, maybe, it just kinda depends on your cadence. Uh, it's one of those things where once you realize that not everything shows up, then you know to always hit control r so you'll probably hit control r even if you have no reason to believe that you need to so anyway control r it's your friend in git cola now that i've hit control r in the status pane there are a couple of different entries and i'm going to skip over i'm going to skip over the first one which is called untracked and that's a cool one but i don't want to i don't want to get too too deep into the details yet so one of them is a dot backups file that not everyone would see I see it because I have my Emacs configured to make backups of what I'm, whatever I'm working on in a hidden directory called .backups. So that is something that I really don't want to ever commit to git. That's not a valid file for me. So is this .directory file. That's not useful to me either. Uh, the .directory file is not m- unique to me. It is uh, pretty common on KDE. Unless you've turned it off yourself, uh, it helps KDE remember properties about a specific directory, like how you were last viewing it, uh, at what time you last visited it, and so on. So so uh, it, it kind of depends on my system. On my desktop, I just have that activated because why not? I have the power to to leave that running. On some other systems, I, I turn it off because I just don't want it, I don't want it to have to keep track of too much stuff. Um, so that's also something I would never commit to get. But here's that readme file, and if I click on readme, here in this diff pane at the bottom of my window, and if you, uh, yeah, so the diff pane says hello world, so it shows me the contents of that file, because it's all text. There's not really any kind of diff, so to speak, because there's, nothing's changed about it. It's a completely new, untracked file. This is new to Git. it doesn't, it knows that it exists, but it doesn't, it, it hasn't, sort of kept tabs on its history. The View menu in Git Cola, with that you can see all manner of different panes. So you can see the Commit panel, the Status panel, the Diff panel, Actions, which are just some buttons, uh, Recent, Favorites, Branches, Submodules, and so on. Most of those are up here, but uh, View is your friend if you want to configure sort of how Git Cola works for you. Initially you'll probably just leave it at the default because you won't know any different. After a while you might develop some preferences though. So for me right now in this demo the the file that I care about is this readme.md. That's the thing that I've consciously written and that I'm trying to track. That I want Git to track. So I'm going to right click on it and select Stage Selected. Stage Selected gives it a nice little icon here in Git Cola. It's a green triangle. So now I know that that's been earmarked to, to uh, be pushed to my remote server. Not that I have a remote server configured here yet, doesn't really matter. Point is, git knows that I want to keep a history of that file. It isn't keeping a history of that yet, that's a different step. But I have at least staged it for further action later. That seems like an extraneous step if you're new to git. Like, why Why do you have to stage something? Like, What else would you be doing if not keeping track of files? In practice though, once you get good at git, there are times when you want to stage something for committing later, but you just want to you, you want to move it into sort of a okay, I'm done with this thing, it's ready to go, let's move on to the next thing. It's it's a nice little cue to have to keep. Now these other files, dot backups and dot directory, I don't want those. I don't really want to be bothered about those to be honest. I'm gonna click on this untracked entry, which it's in italic, so it looks a bit like a heading I guess, and that's basically what it is. It's telling me in the diff entry that there are two untracked files, possible.gitignore rules, and it gives me possible rules to put into a dot gitignore file, which tells git basically to ignore those files. Well we don't need to do all that manually. We can just right click on it and click ignore. Now it's giving me a choice. I can ignore the exact file name i can ignore some custom pattern and i'm going to do the exact file name and i'm going to add it to git ignore i think yeah Gitignore and exact file name add so that has been added to my git ignore file as has dot directory so i'm going to or, or as as that should be as well so i'm going to go through the same process okay so now the only untracked file i have is a file called dot git well believe it or not you can commit you can you don't have to ignore your dot git ignore some people do I typically don't because typically I want all of my computers to ignore the same files some people don't because they are you know it's a very specific thing to their computer but I think generally it's it's not a bad idea to commit or to keep track of some common git ignore file just so that some likely candidates like dot directory and dot backups and underscore underscore uh what is it underscore underscore mac os x or something like that. there's there's some file that that macs always auto generate and i see in git repositories all the time and it just drives me crazy because i don't need that file but there it is in git forever um okay so i'm gonna right click on git ignore i'm gonna do a stage selected so now i've only got staged entries in my status and that's a pretty good place to be so staged, I've got .gitignore and readme.md. So the next step for a Git repository, once you've created a file, which I've done, well, actually I've created two now, .gitignore has been created for me through Git GitCola. The next step in the workflow or the life cycle of a, of a Git repository, I've created some files, I've staged them. So I've put them off into a, a room, a green room, where special files go because they're going to ascend into the Git server and be tracked forever. They're going to be kept track of. Their history is going to go down in history. Um, so the next, the, the, the next step there is to commit them to, to Git's internal tracking system. So first you stage, then you commit. And when I say stage, um, you're adding them to the staging area is really what's happening. So we've added them to the staging area, and now we are going to commit this... The, anything in the staging area, we're going to commit. So, in my commit panel, there's a commit summary. I can say, um, let's see, uh added readme and gitignore. That's pretty descriptive, actually. You can do an extended description as well, you can do a longer description. I'm just gonna do a one-liner. I typically do one-liners, but that's for my personal projects. At work, I typically do extended descriptions. Because those are the things that that that's usually where like the approval comes from. Like it it says who's approved that commit and 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 you know there, if you have a template, in other words, a lot of workplaces will have templates so that you that you're not just doing one quick one-liners. You're you're actually describing what's happened in that commit. It's usually usually pretty helpful. So anyway, now I'm going to click the commit button in this commit panel. The thing the files are whisked away out of the status panel, and now there is a branch visible, where none was visible before in my branch panel. So now in my branches, I've got a a repository called local, and underneath that, there's a branch called main. Now there's also entries for remote and tags, those are empty, and the reason they're empty is because I haven't created, I haven't defined a remote server yet. I also haven't defined any local tag, any tags, so those are empty, and that's fine. It's okay for those to be to be um, to be empty. So at this point, if all I'm doing is using Git for my own personal sort of use, for for my own local personal use, then that's a valid interaction with Git. I can I can I I I, I can leave that be. That that I'm kind of done really. So if I go back to Dolphin, for instance. And look at my Git sample um, file or or folder in my demo. Um, my my README.md now has a little blue check mark next to it, and that's because Dolphin is also aware of of Git. Um, it's a plugin that you can activate in Dolphin. Uh, so if I right click on it, it it sh- it shows me uh, several Git options, including Git add that would that would add it to the staging area, Git remove, Git revert, a bunch of other things. Um, I don't want to do any of those things, I'm just saying you gotta get double confirmation on Linux that, that everything's sort of in sync. Like, this has a blue check mark, that means it's been committed, it hasn't been changed recently. But what if we change it now? So I'll click on readme again in Dolphin, hello world, how about if we say hello on one line, and then open source, actually open, and then source, and then world. So that's a four line file. Hello open source world. So I've deleted the word world from line 1 and moved it down to line 4. That's a big deal. That's a that's a change. Well, here in Dolphin, I've got a little green curly arrow pointing up, which is its um, its icon to suggest that something's been changed. You need to you you know, you need to take action here. Over in Git Cola, uh, oh, it has picked up my changes automatically. That was nice of it. So I don't have to c- hit control R. Uh, in the status window, it detects that something has been modified. And it has given a little italic modified header, and I could click on that for a summary of what's been modified, or I can click on each individual file, all one of them, and, and see the diff. So I've got, if I click on modified, I, I get I get the, the full patch readout, which is quite nice. So it tells me exactly what's changed. Diff dash dash get a readme.md, b readme.md, Index, Yeah, it gives me all the information that I would need, Um, but right now I'll just keep it simple, click on readme, and it looks like the way that git interprets this is that I've deleted the first line, hello world, and I've added a line containing hello, another line containing open, another line containing source, another line containing world. So that's the diff of this is, computer, remove hello world from the first line, replace it with a, a line that just says hello, and then add these lines to it. So it's, it's, um, that, that's how it's achieving, you know, the, that's how it would bring a copy of readme that hasn't been updated. That would be how it would bring that into, into its updated state. Of course, right now, this is all just, this is modified data. Um, it's not untracked, it's tracked, but it, it is modified. So, when you first create a file, it is untracked. So, for instance, if I went over here into Dolphin and created a new file called um, foo, now in git cola, which again updated itself, so I guess I'm, I was lying about control R. Forget what I said about control R. You'll never use control R. Um, it's given it a new header called untracked, and it shows the file, which is empty, but at least it knows that that exists. Now, I can delete foo in Dolphin and it, re- it gets removed from Git-Cola as well. So modified, readme.md. It knows it's modified because it had a version of readme in its little databanks with just hello world on one line. And now I've got a four-line file with hello open source world in it. Something needs to change. Okay, so how do we resolve this? How do we get into a, a back into a sort of stable known state in Git? Well, you probably remember from last time, we right-click on the file that has changed, and we stage selected. Now it gets the green triangle next to it. That's good. Next step, over to the right, commit summary, um, added some text, and then I'm gonna click commit. That gets sent over into the main branch, and I'm back to a stable sort of empty window. So in general, you're aiming for, um, what's it called, inbox zero or whatever? You're aiming for status panel zero. So in Git Cola, your status panel should, like, if everything's been committed and, and you know, staged, well, no, staged, uh, yeah, staged and then committed, then then your status panel will be empty, because there's no new status for Git-Cola to tell you about. You can hit Control r all you want. If nothing's changed, nothing comes up in status. So that means everything's been committed, everything is being tracked. Any change that you make to something that has been committed once is then added to the status panel, because now now it's different. It's different than what Git thinks it should look like. So Git can tell you that in status, then you can stage it, right-click stage, uh, stage selected, and then you can write a commit summary, click commit, and then it's over in the branch. It, it gets added to the branch. Not that you can really... Once it's added to the branch, it basically just disappears. I mean, you can view it, again, in View File Browser or just over in Dolphin. There's not a whole lot to sort of see or think about once it's committed that that's that's the end of the line and i mean that's it that's that's the workflow of git now what did this gain you well potentially nothing because all you're doing really is adding a bunch of new steps to how you would normally save a file right we haven't leveraged the idea of okay well i've got thing and thing one and thing two and thing three and so on that's not a problem i can demonstrate how to do that but not until after you and i have gone for coffee (laughs) like it was sooner than usual or not, but I I actually didn't have to spend as much time getting my coffee, because it's winter here in New Zealand, as I record this anyway, and I've got this great little uh, wood-burning stove for heat, and so I just put my coffee um, jug on top of it, and it keeps it warm. It's really actually quite nice. Something about reheated um, or, or constantly heated coffee, you know, you get down to that last cup and starts to taste like diner coffee, because that's pretty much what it is, just constantly heated coffee. Whether you find that a, a, as a good thing or, or not is really a very personal thing, and we won't get into that now. So, let's talk about what we've done with Git so far. As I've pointed out, we haven't actually done a whole lot with Git. We have successfully versioned something, but that doesn't really demonstrate why we have done that. I mean, there is an argument that it, that there's value to tracking just the the activity in a project that that might be of value in itself but but it's probably not it's arguably not enough value to justify the complexity of git and i will say that that git the complexity of git pays off more the more complex your project is. If you are using it just for yourself for your personal projects, then sometimes the git compl- the complexity of git might be more than it's worth, uh, which I I'm I don't practice what I'm preaching right now because I'm very used to git, so for me it is worth it. But I do acknowledge that that, that that's a lot of additional uh sort of stuff to keep track of for potentially not not a huge amount of benefit. And it might be just as easy or easier to use something like Fossil or just a good backup program, honestly, such as R-Diff Backup, which I've done, I think I've done an episode on that. It's it's well worth checking out, very easy, um, and it, it, it will give you sort of versioned, it, it, it will version your content for you because it only backs up diffs. And so you can go back a couple of days, or three days, or eight days, or one day, or one hour, or whatever, however often you use it. So it's quite nice. Um, that said, we're, we're talking about git, so we're gonna assume that, that something about git apparently is worth it to you, uh, and so that's what, we're, you, what you're using. So I'm gonna open up the readme file again in uh, whatever editor is configured. It looks like it's gvim. Well, that's horrible. I'm gonna close that out. How did that get set? How does that get set? That should be presumably taking from my own environment. Why would that be... Go to Settings, Editor, it says Emacs, it says Emacs right there. That's very strange. Okay, well its file browser is not respecting my my choice of editor, which I'm... Oh, there it goes. Oh, that's weird. Now it launched Emacs. Maybe it just needed me to open preferences or something to save it somewhere. I don't know. Okay, anyway. Here I am. I'm in the the file. I've got "Hello, Open Source World." That's the latest version of this file that existed. So right now, I'm going to create. I'm just delete everything and just put in um, "This is GNU World Order Opus Cast." Welcome to my show. There. Now I've got just completely something different in that file. Of course, as we now know. That makes it show up in the status window, the status pane. I can right-click on it, I can stage selected, so now it's staged. I can write a commit summary, such as totally changed the README file. And I'll commit that. And I'm gonna do it one more time. I'm gonna open up my view file, my view file browser. I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change, uh, README again by right-clicking and launching editor, it opens Emacs correctly. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably easier not to do that. I'm just going to list, I'm going to open a terminal, list user bin, redirect the output into my demo folder, into cola-example, readme.md, there. Now it definitely has different contents, and it does show up in the status pane again, so I'm going to commit that yet again. And just to, just to go through that step again, I'm going to click on readme.md. I'm going to right-click on it to stage selected. Write a commit um, summary. Readme now contains list of user bin. Commit that, and it's committed. Everything's clear in my window, so that means everything's up to date. Looks good. Now everything's in, in, in utter chaos, really. And uh, I want to get myself back to sort of a, a semblance of 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 order here, um, the, the there are lots of different ways to do this. What I'm about to do, go back in time essentially uh, in this repository, because um, th- there's there are there are the ways that you would do it in a terminal, like in with with what I would consider you know sort of traditional Git the command, and then there's the way that you can do it with Git Cola. And since I've specifically said that I, I I think that the value of this episode is going to be Git Cola rather than just talking about Git yet again, because like I said, you've got lots of places to learn more about Git from me and others. So this is kind of this is exclusive content about Git Cola, even though that's not the command we're actually talking about. So in other words, I'm betraying Git right now by by doing something that's it's an added feature by way of Git Cola, pretty much. Um, you know, and some somebody out there probably has a command that could... That, that would emulate what I'm about to do, but I don't know it off the top of my head if it exists. I don't know that it would be a single command or not. Um, Git is pretty vast, so there is that, but this, this is a pretty cool feature. So, we have a history. How do you view your history? Well, um, you can do it in a couple of different ways in Git Cola. You can do that through file browser, but that is it just invokes some of the default Git GUI tools, so I don't really think of it as part of Git Cola. The the better way is what they call DAG. And I don't remember what DAG stands for, nor do I remember where on earth I saw what it stood for, because it does it does say it somewhere, but I, I can't remember. So um, it's DAG anyway, diff and graph, I don't know, DAG. Um, so if you go to view DAG, then you see a summary of the state of your repository, and that's historical, right? Like the, the default menu, or the default window of Git Cola is the current state of your repository. That's why the status is a blank window right now, because the status is that it's... It's unchanged from the last time I did a commit, and the commit is empty because I'm not about to commit anything, and so on. DAG shows you historically what your repository looks like, and that means that right now I've got four entries into my um, into my git log, and the git log shows me, uh, at the top, it shows me that it's it's displaying something called the head, and the head is, if you think of a record player or a tape player, the head is the, the playhead. It represents where the data is being read right now. Like, in this moment, right now, this is the data you're looking at. And, and that, that point in time gets a marker, and it is called the head. So, the head right now is at the top of the main repository, the most recent commit, that's, that's its default position, is the most recent commit, and that's where we are. If we, if I click in my summary, in my log summary, back one commit, the marker of, of, of what node is the active node in my little graph moves down from the head to the commit before the head, and if I click again, it moves down to the next one before the head, and then finally on the last one, it moves down to the bottom of the of the graph, because that was the first commit. So on my on my graph the marker is blue. I don't know you know if you have a different theme, I don't know if that changes or whatever. I have mine in dark mode, but um, it's blue, and it, it's it's like a, a little bit of a railroad map or a subway map. You know, you're, you're kind of, you see the stops along the way, and the tracks, and you can kind of move through them, and as you move through them, you'll notice in the diff panel that you see the, the diff, the relevant diff. Now, because I've only changed one file this whole time, the diff is pretty uncomplicated. It, it is a diff that, that refers to exactly one file, generally. Um, in real life you might have a diff that that refers to lots of files and that's fine that's the power of patch and diff and and git leverages that and if you know how to read those then then this makes a lot of sense to you and if you don't you might it might take you some getting used to but it's it, it it helps with color coding and notation like minus and plus you get the feel for it so i'm going to i'm going to try to revert this mess of a file that is just an a list of all of the things in my user bin directory, which isn't useful to me as a readme file, I want to change that back to the second to first, you know, the second commit ever, which was the time when I had hello open source world on each line in the file. That seems like a pretty good readme file to me. I mean, not really, but let's pretend like that, like, that, that, that makes sense to me. That's what I want the state of this file to be in. So in other words, I've made some changes, I've made some changes, changed my mind, and want to go back to this earlier earlier state. The cool thing is that in DAG, when you scroll through your history, DAG moves with you. And the reason that's a big deal is that normally in Git, you can look through your history, but in when you do that, you detach your head from from where it is and it's kind of this floating entity that you're now moving history around underneath but the head is never sort of placed anywhere and it's an awkward place to be and you have to do a lot of tricks to get out of that state but take the information with you uh it can be complex dag makes it exactly sort of like what you th- how you think it ought to work so i'm going to click back to second to ever commit which the the Summary of the log says added some text, and the diff confirms for me that the text that I added was hello, break, open, break, sp- source, break, world. Um, and so in the file list over here in my DAG window, I'm going to right-click on readme.md, and I'm going to click on grab file. Grab file opens up a save as dialog, and I am able from here to to rename the file. I'm just going to call it README dash good save that, it confirms that it has saved, and now I'm going to go back to the safety of, well actually let's stay in Cola. so I'll go to view file browser, here's .gitignore, readme.md, and readme.md-good, the status of that is a question mark, and indeed, readme.md-good shows up as an untracked file in my in my um, in my git interface so I'm going to right click launch editor on on the readme.md good confirm that that's what I think it is. hello open source world it is and now I'm going to just overwrite I'm going to overwrite the old readme with this one. Emacs is uh, asking me for confirmation, so I'll say yes to that. And then I'll close that. Now I've got two untracked, or I've got one untracked file, readme.md-good, and then I've got a modified file, readme.md, and if I look at that modified file, it looks like all of the user bin stuff was minus. it was taken away, and th- those four lines were added at the bottom. Well, I mean at the top, but you know, the of the, of the, of the diff, it's at the bottom of the diff. Um, So that's the state I want this file to be in. I don't need this untracked version anymore, so I'm going to right-click on it, and click Delete File. It confirms that I want to delete the file, so it is now gone off my hard drive. I've got my README in this uh, modified state, so I will put in my commit summary returned file to good state. Click Commit. Oh, I forgot the stage. So Git Cola warns me uh, that there are no changes to commit. You must stage at least one file before you can commit. Would you like to stage and commit all modified files? Well, yes, I would. Thank you. And so that takes care of that for me as well, which is nice because once again, standard Git in a terminal wouldn't warn. I mean, it'll warn you no stage, no 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 files to commit, but it doesn't let you sort of like select yes, yes, do the thing that I forgot to do for me. So that's really nice, and. There we there we have it. Now we have a new entry in DAG at the top of the log. Returned file to known good state, or to good state. Uh, it shows the diff, and of course if I go to file browser and right-click on the thing and launch it in my editor, it, it's it's the old version, hello open source world. So happy. Everything is as I want it to be, and it was really easy to get there like that's that's a really good user experience like walking through the history of your repository seeing all the changes and then be a- being able to just grab the 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 thing that is in the state that you want it and bring it back to to sort of your current state is a very very powerful trick it does, however, um, it, it goes against the true actual history of this repository. Like, you are you are grabbing information from the past and bringing it into the present, but the present doesn't look like this. The present has already been determined. Um, according to the actual present, readme now contains a list of user bin. Well, we've got this extra sort of reality where actually the file doesn't contain that and so how do we rectify that? Well, you can visualize the the disconnect here in the graph, in DAG. You see that one, two, three, four commits into the history of this re- repo, there is the main branch. But no longer is that main branch marked as the location of the head, because the playhead has been set down in some extra planar floating reality where... The file doesn't contain a list of user bin, it contains hello open source world. So what we we have now, we've created a state with a detached head. There is no head on this repository, it is detached, it's floating. We can fix this, again, a couple of different ways, but I'm just going to do it this way to demonstrate how, well, demonstrate other principles. So I'm going to right click on the current head in my graph, and I'm going to select create branch. So I'm going to um, call this Restoration. That's what I'm going to call this Branch. I will leave, I think, everything as the default. Yep, I can do that. Click Create Branch. And now in my main uh, GitCola window, in my local repository, I see that I have two branches. I've got Main and Restoration. And interestingly, in DAG, I can see that the the main repository is sort of it sort of stops for commits in and this new branch starts with the head and is labeled now as restoration. And that's the power of branching. You can you can diverge from sort of a state that you were happy with at one point, but now maybe you want to change stuff. So you can diverge from that in a new branch and work on your project with a completely in a completely different state and then at some point later on merge those back together either entirely or partially now to keep things simple I'm just gonna do a, a complete merge I mean first of all there's not anything really to do partial merge of um, and and I'm just gonna assume for the moment that if you would want to do it do a partial merge you wouldn't have I wouldn't have copied the entire file and overwritten the current readme, like I would have done my partial merging, as it were, from there. And I've done that before, I think everyone has, like you've, you know, you go grab an old version of the file, you find the part of that file that you didn't mean to delete all those times ago, and just kind of copy and paste it back into your new one, and then you're good to go. So this isn't, this isn't completely unheard of in, within Git, this is a, a model of working that that people do sometimes. It just depends on the on the case by, you know, wh- whatever the situation is. It's very situational. Okay, so um, I'm going to treat the current branch as the diversion, because it is, and uh, from, I think, most people's viewpoints, the, the main branch is meant to be the thing where we're bringing changes into. So the way I'll do that is I'm going to Go to my Git Cola window. I'm gonna right-click on the main branch, and I'm going to click Checkout. So now that becomes my active branch, and Restoration becomes the divergent one, which, I mean, that's what it is. But it's important, it's significant to know that the main branch now is my current branch, and it gets a little star by it to, to signify that that's my current branch. Now, I happen to know that my main branch isn't in the state that I want it to be in, right? We've gotten new improvements, from the restoration project, it has brought stuff back into um, into the state that we wanted to be in. So we're really eager to bring in the changes from the restoration project into our main branch. It's really easy to do, both on Git and in Git Cola. You go to your main branch, which we've done. Right click checkout, and then right click on restoration, the one that you want to merge. And click Merge into current branch. Well, our current branch is main. We want to merge this one into main. So yes, that's what we'll do. Merge into current branch. It does some calculations, and now in my um, in my DAG, everything has lined up. So I've got a new entry in my main history called Returned file to good state, and in my graph, one, two, three, four commits, and then fifth commit. I've got, I've got it marked as the head, because that's where we are right now. I've got it marked as restoration, because that's true. It is, it, we're, we're equal in position with restoration. And we are also equal in position with main. So everything is kind of aligned to be essentially w- what I would expect it to be. So I'm going to go to view file browser. I'm going to open up the readme file in launch editor. Yes, it's got those four lines, so we're good to go. And that's it. So once again, yes, it, it's a little bit obtuse, like it, it's not, you know, if you're used to doing version control in like a word processor where you record changes, I don't actually know how people do this because I've never done it, but you record changes and then I guess you can step through the changes, I'm not, I'm not really sure how that works. Um, but this is like states of files, it's not like line by line history, it is a state of a file when you designate that it's a good, a known good state you preserve the state of that file, and then you can go back to that if you want to, I don't know, grab information from it that you deleted by accident, or that you've reconsidered and wanted to bring back in, or whatever. So, I don't know, it makes sense to me, I think it makes sense to a lot of people for a lot of different kinds of projects, and uh, hopefully it makes some sense to you. I think Git Cola actually makes it really, really nice, um, and, I don't know, maybe not easy to understand, but easy to navigate anyway. As one last demonstration here, I'm going to go to View File Browser and right-click on Main and launch that in my editor. And I'm going to add a fifth line here. Hello, Open Source World, and now goodbye and farewell. There we go. So now I've got six lines, and now goodbye, and then sixth line and farewell. And I'm going to save that. And close. So now I've got, of course, a new untracked, or not an untracked, a modified file. I'm going to right click, stage selected. I'm going to write a commit, added some lines, commit, Oop. commit. Now I want to open up DAG just to view what happens now that we're on main. The head and the main repo move on away from restoration. So one, two, three, four, five commits in, we've got the restoration tag but 6 commits in we've got the head parked at the new main which has has more data in it than restoration has in it so it's not you know necessary to see that but i think sometimes it is nice to see that because you get to see kind of how how the data tracks in history um this this graph is really cool it's not it is not specific to dag or to git cola it it's something that you can see pretty sure you can see it um in the git gui as well and maybe i'm wrong i don't see it oh no you can yeah on the left right there right top left so you can see this elsewhere um but actually yeah actually the, the dag one is nice nicer much nicer i'm gonna say yeah so dag dag is is kind of a the uh a secret powerhouse tool of git cola um it it's it's a really cool interface for your git log and git log is something that in git i think you do tend to look at a lot because you need to kind of get a sense of of where you've been and who's been working in the file and so on dag dag makes it really nice and easy to to just get a a, the big picture Um, because you know you can view a log in git but being able to just click on that entry and then viewing the file as it existed at that point in time that's really nice. I mean, again, you can do it in Git. It's just, um, Git Cola makes it just sort of all very right there at your fingertips, easy to explore, and so on. Um, I think that's everything that I really wanted to say about Git Cola. There, there's, you know, th- that scratches the surface. I mean, Git is a very powerful tool. Git Cola, accordingly, has lots of different options, lots of different ways to do the same task. So you can go all over the place with, with Git Cola. It's, it's a great little application. If you've been looking for a GUI for Git, check it out really. Like take a look at, at, at Git Cola. I know there are some high profile, high-ish profile GUIs for Git from proprietary software companies. And, and I just don't see the advantage, honestly. Um, a lot of times they have a very slick interface. They look very, very, very fancy. Like they, you know, ultra modern, and they're 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 made. They're always advertised on the website with the obligatory Mac OS window decoration to show you that they're really on to the cutting edge. Because you know how Mac OS is on the cutting edge? Question um, mark. So you know they're there. They exist, and people will use what people will use. But for me git cola is kind of the it, it's kind of the secret weapon i mean it is really a nice little tool and um it's just it doesn't get the recognition i don't feel that it that it deserves because it is just so nice oh and look at that ironically um git cola on their website they have mac um window decoration as well that's that's kind of that's funny um anyway Anyway, Git Cola really nice project, really really um, easy way to use Git, but but without sacrificing features. And something like Sparkle Share um, or or something like that, or, or another versioning option. Um, a lot of times you are you're you're sacrificing some of the feature sets, whereas Git Cola you get everything that Git gives you. Um, sometimes it's in a little bit of a topsy-turvy way of seeing it you know like the, the, not necessarily if you're used to git not necessarily a one-to-one kind of parody you think well why would i do this before i do that like that's not how i would do it on in in git but it's okay to do that in git cola that that it'll work just the same it's just you have to just think about it a little bit differently um, but it's it's well worth it a lot of times it's it's a really nice tool check it out That's been the Git episode for Slackware 14.2. Hopefully it was informative. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.